mortgages should be illegal because you're getting robbed every month. With a typical $200,000 30-year mortgage, you'll end up paying over $400,000 after interest. Hi, I'm John Commuta, creator of the Transforming Debt into Wealth System. My proven system can eliminate your mortgage and all your debts. Let me send you a powerful free CD. For your free CD, call 1-800-338-2884. 1-800-338-2884. Welcome to Truth Talk Radio, DFW, with your host, The Voice. Welcome to Truth Talk Radio, DFW, with your host, The Voice. Welcome to Truth Talk Radio, DFW. Today we're going to be discussing the role, the role of Christianity in politics. And today we have with us our honored guest, Mr. David Romer, who's uh, been published in such papers as the Church of England for book reviews, and he's had some beautiful essay writings that have been published. But, you know, we want to get to talk about the role of Christians in politics today. And when I think of that, I always think of Romans chapter 13 in the Bible. And right now I want to bring in Mr. Romer and uh, talk to him a little bit. Mr. Romer, are you with us? Yes, I am. Good morning, and we're glad to have you on today. Well, I'm glad to be here. Now, first of all, uh, can you give us a, a little background uh, about your walk with Christ, sir? Uh, what led you to, to uh, your relationship with the Lord? Well, uh, the main thing was that I went to a Catholic college. I went to Fordham in 1960 to 1964, and the teachers were Jesuits, and I was very impressed with them. I remember in senior class in philosophy, we had to take 40 credits of philosophy and theology in those days. Mm-hmm. And I remember in philosophy class, uh, the student said to the teacher, he said, so your position is that Jesus is alive. So the Jesuit roared at the top of his lungs. Uh, it's not my position. I assert it with every fiber of my being. Mm-hmm. So that kind of uh, thing impressed me, and I became um, a believer myself. Plus, they were very good at giving reasons for believing Okay. And that was the uh, uh, why I became um, a Christian. Okay. Well, to get to to get into the topics today, uh, I want to ask and I want to discuss with you what role should Christianity play in politics? Well, the, the role I I like to play in politics is to use political issues to express um, my belief and uh, the reasons why I believe in God. So I have a list of. Uh, six political topics that will come up in conversations, and I am uh, I have ways of connecting those topics to uh, reasons to believe. Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Well, the first one is uh, the issues of abortion and euthanasia and suicide. Okay. And uh, these are wrong because life is good and meaningful. And we know life is good and meaningful because the Bible and the Koran reveal to us the meaning of life. Our purpose in life is to serve God in this world in order to be with him in the next. Now, many people who uh, uh, don't uh, don't believe this, atheists, agnostics, humanists, and 
uh, liberal Christians think that our purpose in life is self-realization. By this they mean our purpose in life is to fulfill our potential. But this makes no sense because we can fulfill our potential in many different ways. The problem of life isn't deciding how to fulfill our potential. So um, I consider that idea irrational. Not, Not all atheists are irrational. John Paul Sartre, for example, said that man is a useless passion. So that's that's the choice you're faced with. Either man is a useless passion or our purpose in life is to get to heaven. Right. Okay. Okay. And and you and you feel that um the liberal Christians, uh, such as like those that are in politics, lean more the other way than they do as far well, as being the liberal Christians are are uh, Christians like uh, John Dominic Croson's and Karen Armstrong and Marcus Borg and a number of others who um, believe in Jesus' teaching about goodwill towards men and peace on earth, but they don't believe in life after death. Okay. Okay. So they're more humanist than, than Christians. Okay, but they use that Christian guise to... to they feel... Uh, in politics, huh? You know they have they have a lot of compassion for their fellow man, and they feel it's it's just negative to go around saying that you don't believe in God. They they want to express their their feelings of compassion, so they they do it by worshiping and uh, going to church, just like people who believe in life after death. Okay. Okay. And you, and what's the next topic? The next topic is uh, the legalization of homosexual marriages. And I, I like to point out that uh, it's connected to no-fault divorce and abortion. And the connection between all that legislation is the idea that that divorce and sex outside of marriage aren't sinful. And this philosophy has led to the the culture of divorce in the United States. So we have now a very high divorce rate and a high rate of births by unmarried women. And this is a disaster for children. Right. Right, and and, and that, you know I, I I agree with that. The Bible clearly states that uh, homosexuality is wrong, and and so is adultery, and so is a, is fornication. But you have these politicians that want to, as one guy quoted, uh, said they 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 want to force feed it down down your throat to accept mm-hmm. it. Yet when Christians and Stand up for what they believe in, and stand up for for God's word and what's right. They're being persecuted for it, uh, yes. such as uh, Reverend Lumpkin uh, out in San Francisco for speaking the truth. Uh, you know they persecuted that man, and, and you know I just think, you know I, I don't know how if, you know how you feel about that, but in your mind, like, isn't that wrong? I mean, where how does it? How, how has the, the country the country is morally decayed to some standpoint in as far as politics go. Do you agree with that? Uh, well, it's the uh, uh, yeah. I mean, the uh, it, it's it, it was through the de- de- democratic method, for example, that you have no fault divorce. That was all passed uh, by you know by majority vote. It was done at the state level. It wasn't something the Supreme Court did or the federal government did. It's it's what people wanted. And it's been a, a disaster. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's all true. The, 
I mean, I'm not sure it has to do with politics. It has to do with the uh, the, uh, the the beliefs and the uh, the actions of uh, of Americans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I I understand that. Like in Leviticus 18:22, the Bible clearly states that a man shouldn't lay with a man. You know, it, it, it's it's an abomination to the Lord. How, how does I mean? How do we get back in in so many ways to to get back to to what's biblical instead of what these politicians? Because sometimes I feel like it, what I don't understand is where they can they lean more towards pleasing man and making these laws against what God's word says. Well, and one way one way is to um, is to explain why God exists and to and why why we should believe in them. In, in the Bible, in the Quran, and in the um, that God has revealed Himself to us. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in connected, so for example, another issue that comes up is the teaching of evolution in schools. Mm-hmm. Darwinism is the idea that humans evolve from animals. Well, this is pseudoscience. True science is that the bodies of human beings evolve from animals, not their souls. And the reason human beings have souls is that they have free will and conscious knowledge. Uh, that's Would why. You say, it's, that, say that again. That, that, human that, beings have souls because we have free will, and the conscious knowledge of of human beings, not the sense knowledge of animals. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's uh, it's slavery is illegal, but it's okay to own animals and use them as use them for food. Uh, so. Uh, non-believers, uh, non-believers uh, think that the soul is just an idea because they don't grasp the mind-body problem. All right. Uh, I believe you wrote about that in one of your essays, right? Yeah. The mind, uh, the mind-body problem is what's the relationship between myself and my body? The question comes about because we have a drive as human beings to know and to understand everything. When an animal has nothing to do, it goes to sleep, but human beings ask questions. So we ask the question, what's the relationship between myself and my body? And the correct answer is, that liberals don't grasp, is that there is no answer. It's a mystery. So that means that human beings are indefinabilities that become conscious of their own existence, or you could say that humans are embodied spirits. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in your opinion, which is the correct answer? Neither? The, the correct answer is that uh, it's a mystery. The connection between... Uh, um, we can comprehend um, free will and conscious knowledge because we have it, but we can't define it. We can't explain what it is. So human beings are embodied spirits. Mm-hmm. That's another way of but expressing the will, fact... Isn't free will... The ability to make a choice, you know, God, it's, it's, a, it's a gift that God gave to us, right? That's right. And, and you know, what more does a, a person need? I agree with your point that a lot of people feel that because they do not understand it, they do not know. But once you know, what more basis do you need? God gave us that gift of free will to make a choice. Absolutely. And he told us the choice yeah, and there's another choose life. There's another example of the mind-body problem. If you consider 
looking at the wall, you see the wall is white. So mm-hmm. this means more than that light is coming into your eye and a signal is going to your brain. It means an awareness of it. So the question is, what is it? Uh, and the answer is, it's a mystery. There is no answer. So that's why humans are um, embodied spirits. And the only answer that atheists understand is uh, uh, materialism, which is that the, the, the mind is an illusion and all that exists is the brain. And then they, the other idea they have is dualism. Dualism is the idea that uh, there's two kinds of substances, material substances, atoms and molecules, and uh, immaterial substances, spiritual substances. But none of those ideas hold up. The correct answer is that uh, it's a mystery. Right. And, and to you listeners, if you guys want to call in and, and take part in the conversation, the number number to call in is 424-675-8220. Okay. And, and what's your other point, Mr. Rome? The other, the, issue, the other thing I have is the separation of church and state. And uh, I think what this is a good time to explain the... Uh, the proof of God's existence. I mean, most people see intuitively that God exists because humans are embodied spirits and because the uh, the universe began 13 billion years ago. But the real proof comes from the fact that other people exist. You exist and I exist, but I am not you and you are not me. We're two different beings. In other words, we're finite beings. But finite beings need a cause, so uh, there has to be at least one being which is not finite, which is infinite, and that being is is uh, is called God in the in Islam and uh, Judaism and Christianity, and in Eastern religions they call it something else. I'd like to mention that um, most atheists don't understand this, and there's an account. It's called the cosmological proof or the cosmological argument, and there's a, an account of it in Wikipedia. And the author of it has it all messed up. It, it's clear that he doesn't understand the proof. He calls God the first cause, and he doesn't have the idea that God is an infinite being. Okay. He's not understanding the concept. That's right. There's nothing in there about the God being an infinite being, humans being finite beings, and God is a being that's totally other, that's infinite. And also in the the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy, it's online. Also, they discuss the proof, and they don't they don't understand the proof either. There's nothing in their whole treatment that says that humans are finite beings and that God is an infinite being. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of misinformation out there. Um, well, the articles are on my website, and it's, I've gotten it all secondhand. I, I learned it from going to college and from reading. Um, Books by uh, by uh, religious uh, religious writers, and and give us that website where where people can get this information. It's um, Okay. dot com. All right. People can go there and they can see these essays and information that you have, yes. which brings me, we may or may not have covered this, but uh, does the government use biblical principles today? 
as they make these, and, and the reason I ask this, as they make these laws, like you brought it brought it up in your second second topic, does the government, you know, or politicians yeah. base th- their lawmaking in some sense well, on biblical pr- biblical principles? Uh, well, I I don't know. I I wouldn't um, I wouldn't put it like that. You can tell. Uh, I have some comments on the. Um, on government's policy on Social Security and, and health care and food stamps, mm-hmm. you know, okay. things unemployment or those kinds of things, they um, what they bring to mind is that that the great mystery of life. The great mystery of life is that people who devote themselves to their own happiness uh, tend to be unhappy, but people who devote themselves to the happiness of others tend to be happy. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that uh, millionaire playboys are miserable people. And uh, it's a mystery. It's not a principle. So uh, governments have to decide whether to have this or that program, whether to raise taxes or lower taxes, and and whether to have more regulation or or less regulation. Mm -hmm. And they should decide it on the basis of what is just. Uh, I I agree. But they don't in a lot of ways. They they don't. They go by... Utility or welfare—they don't relate it to uh, to ethics. No one, human beings, uh, follow their conscience. It's called behaving ethically. When the government does the right thing, it's called being just. So, right. in that sense, Correct they're not biblical. Wrong. But isn't the government? Isn't this whole system that we live in, this whole political and governmental structure, based out of the structure that was in the Bible? Because God did dictate and give laws for the way government should be set up. Did He not? Um, I no, I don't think. I mean, uh, he. I mean, I mean, he did. I mean, you, you, you see in the Bible, if, if you read like in, in Romans and throughout the Bible, where God does talk about the role of government. Yeah, He you has know? you know, the render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar, and unto God the things that are God's. So, yes, yeah, certainly the Bible. It's the it's the commandment to honor your father and your mother. You. Uh, you should also honor the government. The government has uh, has authority, and you should uh, should obey it. But government should be just. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. Where do, what does a person do, in your in your opinion, when the laws are unjust? Then, you know, because that's so. that's where I'm getting at. Like you brought up uh, abortion, okay? And a lot of people have struggled with this issue. You brought up the abortion fact, and then homosexuality. Well, where is the great divide? That you know, because. You're going to have believers such as ourselves that's going to stand with God, and then you're going to have others that stand with the government because they're going to say, well, this is so what the law says. Where yes. and how do we separate that? And, well, and you, have what to, is that? you have to follow your conscience. Mm-hmm. But I have an answer for the question of whether you, you know, about uh, which party is better, Democrats or Republicans. Yes, which which party is more biblical has a more biblical view of government? Okay, I'd like to answer it this way. There's a okay. uh, you should keep in mind that people use politics to to satisfy the need to have a meaningful life. So there's a famous quote from G.K. Chesterton. He said that people who don't believe in God believe in anything. Mm-hmm. So for an examples of uh, atheistic rationality are in the 19th century are Karl Marx and the Herbert Spencer. Karl Marx was a socialist, and Herbert Spencer believed in laissez-faire capitalism. 
So it was Herbert Spencer who, who coined the phrase survival of the fittest. It wasn't Charles Darwin. And Spencer was talking about human beings. He, uh, he wanted the fittest human beings to survive in order to improve the human race. So he was against helping poor and sick people because he wanted those poor and sick people to die off. So he was irrational. And in the 19th century, you should remember, the Democrats were in favor of small government and Republicans were in favor of big government. And then there was like a switch where it became Republicans in favor of small government and Democrats in favor of big government. So my theory is that what happened is that Democrats... Um, it, it's, it stopped satisfying the emotional and psychological needs of Democrats to, to advocate small government, so they started advocating big government. And my theory is that uh, Republicans were more mature and they became wiser and they realized that uh, small government is good. So I have to admit I'm a Republican, not a Democrat. <laughs> yes, uh, a lot of people were making the switch, I believe. Well, Mr. Romer, it's certainly been a pre pre pleasure to have you on today. And well, it was fun for me, too. Yes, yes. Uh, would you please say a, a prayer for us? For well, the only prayer I know is uh, the Lord's Prayer. Hey, that's a good prayer. Okay, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. Amen. Mr. Romer, we, we hope you be blessed and have continued success, and we enjoyed the conversation today. Well, so Thank did you. I. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, Truth Talk listeners. Next week, we'll have with us Janet Duvall will be our guest as we discuss the challenges for Christian women. Until next time, be wise, be prayerful, and be adaptable. God bless you.